Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Employers podcast. For all the latest NHS HR workforce information, visit www.nhsemployers.org. Hello, my name is Bernadette El-Hadidi and I am NHS Employers Area Head of Engagement for London. Welcome to the second of the two-part podcast series on bullying and harassment in the NHS. In this episode, we will follow on from the discussion from the last episode of how we can tackle the issue of bullying and harassment by focusing on the BME group and how they are affected by this issue and by looking at an example of best practice from an NHS trust that is tackling these issues hands-on. Firstly, we'll hear from Joan Sadler, the Associate Director of the NHS Confederation, on why she believes there's a particular issue of bullying and harassment in the NHS within the BME group. So there is a problem of bullying and harassment in the NHS, and there's a problem for all staff. We know that our national survey has told us for some time that we need to improve on the stats. When we have a report like the rest that tells us for particular groups of staff, there may be other impacts and levers that ensure that the experience of BME people is relatively worse when it comes to bullying and harassment. Again, that's something that can be clearly articulated through the report and then positively worked on in terms of planning how we improve uh, those stats around bullying and harassment. And One Trust, Birmingham and Solihull Mental Health Foundation Trust, are working on those stats positively by collaborating with the Royal College of Nursing and adopting an initiative called the Cultural Ambassadors Project. The foundations of which was built up by Paul Vaughan, a regional director for the RCN. When we looked at our own casework in the West Midlands, we began to see the same pattern that you see across the country. Uh, nurses from a BME background being uh, facing disciplinary and grievance more so than their white counterparts. And I began to think, actually, um, if we know this, why aren't we doing something about it? So I came up with this idea, and we didn't call it the Cultural Ambassador Programme at the time, that came later, but I came up with this idea that if you had somebody from a BME background, and I was very particular that they should be from a BME background, and that they needed to be at band seven or above in the NHS, and the reason they needed to be at band seven or above is so that they have the authority to sit on a disciplinary or investigatory meeting on the management side. So they're not there to represent the member, that's the trade union's job or whoever's supporting the person. Their role in shorthand really was to ask the question, if this was a white person, would this be happening? So that was kind of the concept. And then I began to plan with my colleague, Jane Patterson. I'm Jane Patterson, Senior Officer for the Royal College of Nursing. So my first job as project worker was to send out a freedom of information request to all the trusts in the West Midlands. And from that information, we were able to determine that BME nurses were being uh, disciplined more often than white nurses. And then we began to uh, identify four organisations that we would work with in order to roll out the programme. One organisation in particular, which is uh, Birmingham and Solihull Mental Health NHS Foundation Trust, really embraced the programme. I'm Brennan Daniel, I'm the Senior Equality and Diversity Lead for Birmingham and Solihull Mental Health Foundation Trust. I developed a role description for, uh, for the Cultural Ambassadors. I put out an advert throughout the Trust asking for, 
volunteers to be cultural ambassadors. I'm Frances Byrne, I'm um, lead for professional development and I'm a nurse but I'm also a cultural ambassador for the Trust. There's a, always a request for a cultural ambassador now so every case where it's appropriate they request a cultural ambassador and I think it has impacted because I think the panel, it does make the panel mindful, I think a lot of times they are mindful but I think it does bring in a different element. Um, once we had our cultural ambassadors, we then had to think of the training. Led by the RCN, we did a three-day training course on um, discrimination, discrimination awareness, um, cultural competency um, and conscious and unconscious bias. On the third day, when we were testing out the investigation skills of the cultural ambassadors, we realised that some of them had never been involved in investigations before. So putting them into that situation could be quite daunting. Um, so I developed a fourth day with the help of my, help of my HR team on investigation skills. My name's Dawn Robinson, Employee Relations Specialist. I work for Birmingham Solihull Mental Health NHS Foundation Trust. For the HR department as a whole, we've fully supported the programme right from the onset um, in terms of having dedicated uh, people, so there was um, Bruna who was leading on it and then myself and uh, another colleague who were developing the initial workshop for the Culture Ambassadors. Initially there was hesitation uh, about it and people not sure what that meant really by having a Culture Ambassador. Um, so that took some work and encouragement um, working with key people to explain what that, that role would be and how that role could support. The most stark story I suppose that I was told was when a nurse from a BME background was facing a disciplinary for gross misconduct for a serious drug error um, in the questioning by the cultural ambassador it transpires that a white nurse was involved in the same drug incident but wasn't facing a disciplinary. So why would that be happening? So even if that one case as a result of the Kelton Ambassador Programme you know, made it different moving forward, which it did, um, uh, I think it's been successful uh, in raising the issue and to give people the tools to take ownership and confidence that they can challenge this uh, behaviour in the NHS um, and they can safely bring it to people's attention and they can make it different for others coming in the future. It can look clear cut um, from an investigation on a piece of paper, but when you're in the room and the person starts talking, a lot of the things that come up that you, it, there is underlying issues that you can tease out, and then when you discuss it with the other uh, panel members, I think it's it, it's some, they're looking at it straight from clear facts. I think sometimes that having someone to look at it from a different perspective and they're open to it, that is the good thing. I think that if you, any suggestions I've made, people then will look at those. Well, hello everybody, um, thank you for coming today. Um, I hope everybody um, thinks that they're here to be part of uh, an investigation panel. We went along to the Trust and observed a role play based on an actual real-life scenario of an investigation meeting regarding Pauline, a BME staff member who had been accused of behaving inappropriately during a shift. Um, 
Dawn, could you just pop outside and... Uh... Yeah, I'll just go and bring them in. Would you like to come through? Okay, yeah. Can you make yourselves comfortable and then we'll get ready. Hi, um, my name's Carol um, and I'm going to be uh, chairing today's uh, meeting. And we've also got uh, one of our cultural ambassadors with us today. Just to um, introduce myself, my name is Jenny Johnson and I will be the cultural ambassador for this case. I'm a member of the panel and here to support the investigating team in relation to fairness being applied to this investigation. So let's come to um, the complaint and the complainant. Your manager has received a letter um, from a service user called Julia Benson. Julia reports that you said to one of the nursing staff, you were speaking in an aggressive manner, do you expect me to sit in one of these chairs all night and that they had better provide me with a more appropriate chair because I'm not breaking my back for no one. Do you have any recollection of that? I did mention about my back because, as I said to you earlier, I wasn't feeling 100%. Um, but I did ask about a chair, but I can't remember it being aggressive. Okay. Um, so let's just return to that, the, the fact that you, you say you, you probably did say something. In fact, you did say something about the chair because you were aware of your back. Um, but that you wouldn't have said it aggressively. Jenny, I'm just wondering if it, is there anything that you'd like to ask around that? And it was clear to see that the cultural ambassador helped tease some potentially critical information from the investigation. She managed to find examples of how cultural differences could have played a part in the lead up to the accusation. Pauline, regarding your other colleagues, what's the ethnicity of the other colleagues? Um, they're both black, um, one's Jamaican, I think the other one's African. Okay. Usually when you're with those colleagues, because it says regarding aggressive manner, would you sometimes use patois just out of interest when you're speaking? Well, yeah, especially the one, because I've worked with her at different times, and we sometimes do talk in patois, you know, to sort of have a bit of banter or whatever. Yeah, we do express ourselves like that when we're together. So, do you mean, is that what you're saying, that because I spoke in Patwa that I was being aggressive? This helps steer the chair into thinking that there is a possibility that Pauline may just have been misinterpreted by her colleagues. Well, I'm just wondering what, I'm certainly not saying that you were or you were not being aggressive, um, but I'm just wondering whether somebody who isn't from that ethnic background might interpret that well, differently. Do you think I, that I might think, be the case? I think it's just a lack of understanding of the way we talk to each other as Jamaicans. Examples like this show that the cultural ambassador can have a positive impact on the fairness of a hearing. I think it's about being really keen, listening to what's being said and exploring deeper, but just being very open, not having an agenda, but asking. And I think those things that, would, you know, how people interpret people's mannerisms and add value judgments to them rather than looking at them as this is just someone's mannerism and this is separate 
to have a, their professional behaviour. Thank you very much indeed. Um, and uh, one final question, can I just check that you've been happy with the way that today's meeting's been conducted? Yeah, it's been okay. The benefits of the Cultural Ambassadors Project can be seen by the Royal College of Nursing and Birmingham and Solihull Mental Health Trust. So the feedback I've had from staff has been positive. They've seen that it's um, an independent person there that can support them through the process um, and it's helped them to see that the process has been dealt with in a fair and equal way. Over the two years that we've, we've measured the Cultural Ambassadors Project we've seen um, some improvement uh, both in our employee relations data, our staff survey information and more recently in the workforce race equality standards in 2014-15, um, we were 1.5 more likely to investigate or discipline uh, a BME nurse. In 2015-16, we're 1.3. It's a small number, but it's a, it's, it's a shift in the right direction in relation to how staff feel about being um, discriminated or um, being satisfied about using the employee relations process. But also, our sickness absence has improved quite considerably. Um, particularly in relation to um, stress and, and um, depression. So all of our indicators um, are moving in the right direction. A really nice story from one of the cultural ambassadors in, in that kind of links to the cultural issue is that there was, um, they, they'd done a couple of cases with a white investigating officer. And uh, at one point the cultural ambassador said to me in one of the sessions we were doing, support sessions, was kind of saying to me, actually, I don't know if I'm needed anymore. You know, I didn't ask many questions because the investigating officer was asking all the questions. And actually, how fantastic that the white manager began to get it and understand what a good way of doing it was and, and beginning to look for that unconscious bias without having to have a cultural ambassador to do that. What we're told is that BME nurses involved in these processes feel as if they've had a fair hearing. Um, some of them have never been involved in a process before, so they don't have anything to compare it against, but they have, they have a, an expectation uh, to begin with that the hearing won't be fair. So they feel that they've, been, they've had a fairer hearing. And um, we are told that uh, investigation teams and disciplinary panels are altering their behaviour if a cultural ambassador is part of that team or panel. And those might be subtle behaviours, but they seem to be making a difference. The key thing I would say to people is it does make a difference and it has an influence on um, each individual case and individuals, but I think organisationally it, it starts to make a, a change. The whole of the HR team were really committed to the Cultural Ambassador Programme. And I think that you need to have that. Anybody that's taken this forward, it's not one person that will make the difference. You may have somebody that's at the helm that's leading it, but you need other people that will be committed to embed it uh, to make that success right across the board. This is a really good project to address some of these issues. I would advise any trust who wants to make a difference to their BME staff to test this out. Um, but it's so important that there is an identified lead who has 
um, ownership of how it's how it's run, because just um, allowing it to free flow um, will not demonstrate the commitment to the BME staff. That concludes the series on how we can tackle bullying and harassment in the NHS. Thanks very much for listening. And even though it is clear that there is still an issue with bullying and harassment, there is optimism that with effective strategies, practical interventions and staff engagement, we can make a difference. Oh.